The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Kansas State returned to the win column last week against Kansas, but this week the improved Texas Tech Red Raiders come to town for senior day for the Cats. This is the PowerCat pregame podcast. It's time for Kansas State football, so get ready for a Wildcat football preview like no other. It's the PowerCat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company, and it starts right now. And now let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. One year ago, Kansas State appeared to be headed toward a road loss at Texas Tech, and then freshman quarterback Skylar Thompson rallied the Wildcats to an overtime victory that kept the Cats on course for a bowl bid. This year, the odds seem even more steep as a K-State team that, despite coming off a victory over its in-state rival, appears to be groping for direction and will take on a talented Texas Tech team that has overachieved right up until losing three straight close games. Both teams are still hunting for that sixth victory with two games to play to claim bowl eligibility. Welcome to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and we head into Saturday's 2.30 p.m. contest at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, wondering if this is the last time Coach Snyder will coach in the stadium that bears his name. There sure are indications that this might be it. And today I want to talk a little differently than I normally do in the Open as we set up this game with Texas Tech. Over the past few weeks at GoParacat.com, we've reported some uncomfortable news, asked for Coach Snyder to retire, and and honestly taking him to task for some behavior that's a little bit out of character. Some have been caught off guard by that from a, quote, fan side. Well, the purpose of school-specific websites is to report facts and offer opinions rooted in what we believe to be the best interests of that athletic program. It's community journalism to a finite degree. We seek a thriving community while knowing sometimes the unpleasant must be written or said. At times, those choices aren't popular, as in finding fault in a man that some believe can do no wrong. Still, it's entirely possible that Bill Snyder has stayed too long in a job that is now coveted by others only because of what he did while holding that job. Bill Snyder is not a doddering old man. No, far from it. His work habits, especially at his age, 79, are held in high esteem. It can be argued, however, that his system of grinding practices and strict discipline is no longer suited for managing a multi-million dollar endeavor in a changing workplace, as in recruiting, with evolving regulations, as in NCAA rules. That's not intended to be an insult, but while he has nimbly covered any shortcomings in recent seasons, this This year, the failings are painfully obvious. In-game decisions have not always made sense. Post-game comments have not sounded like words Bill Snyder would speak. And his ability to prepare his coaches for their duties has obviously fallen short of usual standards. It's been uncomfortable to watch and sad to know that the time for a graceful departure passed somewhere between the end of the 2012 and 2014 seasons. None of this is intended with disrespect or with malice, as some have cast it. It's simply a painful truth. And we are hearing from donors who have been told a postseason announcement of Snyder's retirement is expected. That is both good and sad news 
for Kansas State Athletics. Well, it's time to get our first break on the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat pregame podcast. So let's hear from our friends and our sponsors at Robbins Motor Company. You're listening to the PowerCat pregame podcast. Stay locked in. Your weekly GoPowerCat.com roundtable session featuring former K-State football star Marcus Watts is next. Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat offers a wide selection of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs at competitive prices in the Manhattan, Topeka, Emporia, and Junction City, Kansas areas. Be sure to check out Robbins' new vehicle inventory, where you will find the most popular models from iconic brands such as Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Or if you're looking to save by purchasing a pre-owned vehicle, Robbins has an updated stock of used cars in excellent condition. No matter what you are looking for, the team at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will help you get behind the wheel of your dream car. And K-State fans, visit the Robbins location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. It's the Robbins Motor Company, proud winners of the 2018 Customer First Award for Excellence and title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast. The GoPowerCat news team is assembling because it's time for the GoPowerCat.com roundtable session. It was far from a work of art, but Kansas State rallied to beat Kansas last Saturday, 21-17 to win its 10th straight Sunflower Showdown contest against KU. The win moved K-State to four and six on the season and two and five in the Big 12. Moving into Saturday's Senior Day game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The Wildcats and Texas Tech will kick off at 2.30 p.m. And now we're here to get you prepared for the game between the Cats and Red Raiders with GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And now we welcome into the show GPC Assistant Editor D. Scott Fritchin, Football Analyst Marcus Watts, and Staff Writer Riley Gates as we sit down for our weekly GoPowerCat roundtable session. The roundtable is sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company spend $4,000 or more on energy bills? You can reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability. Visit bluemark.energy for an energy savings analysis today. And now Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Boys, welcome to the show, and let's begin by looking back at that 21-17 win over the Jayhawks. Just got it done. Just barely eked it out, but let's go back to that miserable first half, and Fritch, I want to start with you. They just didn't come out with a game plan. I hate to say that. They threw the ball in their first possession. We all knew they needed to run the ball. They just kind of were out of sync, and KU had a long possession, a long drive that led to the halves only three points. K-State ran 20 plays for, what, 59 yards in that first half? Yeah, 59 yards. Awful. Awful. 
That reminds you of times gone by a little bit too much. Boy, it sure did, Fitz. That was a, a very sleepy start for a Kansas State offense that has struggled most of the season. And uh, let's face it, I I personally didn't expect them to score a gob of points. But Kansas's ability to be able to maintain possession of the ball, you know, they almost scored on a 98-yard touchdown drive. Um, fortunately for K-State, it ended up in a field goal. But K-State's offense... You know, talking to Alex Delton after the game, just had problems getting in sync early on in the game. And how many more times can we say that throughout the season? It's just, it, it's been a struggle for offense throughout the season. Uh, it became glaringly apparent in the first first quarter, in fact, that it was going to be a long day for the offense again. Marcus, Kansas State came out and threw the ball. Do you think this was a case of just trying to loosen up a defense that was committed to stopping the run and uh, kind of backfired on the Wildcats? No, I don't think it had anything to do with loosening up the defense. I think it had everything to do with the wind. Um, they had the wind at their back. Um, they knew that they probably, if they were going the other way, they would have came out running the ball. And I think that was why they came out and did it. Do I think it was the right thing to do? Obviously, we know that is not true um, because in the second half, they came out and started running the ball, running the quarterback run game, and had success. Riley, Michael Goins wrote a really interesting piece this week about how KU stole K-State's game plan, the playbook. They ran the ball. They had short, controlled passes. They possessed the ball. They ate up the clock. And they almost got out of Manhattan with a win. I thought it was one of David Beatty's best coaching jobs in his four years. It's winding down now as he won't be back next season. But I got to say, KU... Did a lot of things right in that game, just not enough right to win. No, it was a great story um, written, and, and it was very true. You know, I actually did think that David Beatty, it's kind of funny because you look at the situations, for example, the fourth and one early in the game that he decided to, well, I guess it was fourth and six, and they got the offsides, went up to fourth and one, and he still decided to punt the ball. Um, you know, kind of things like that, you were kind of sitting there looking at it and saying, why is he not? rolling all the dice right now why is he not making these moves um i mean this is his last game against k-state what's what's going to happen to him is he going to get fired because he already had been fired but honestly it kind of felt like he laid his cards out on the table and said you know what i got all this stuff uh, I'm, I'm coming down the final few games here at ku and and i'd love nothing more than to beat k-state and it, they, they did give really really good effort you know honestly they they played better than K-State did for the majority of the game. K-State just made the plays down the stretch that they needed to to win the game. And, and um, credit to both sides because I thought that they both did things well at certain times, but obviously K-State uh, did it more when it mattered. Yep, K-State was less bad than KU. <laughs> That's so a perfect way to describe sum it. up that game. Uh, the quarterback run game, Fritch, it just baffles me a little bit. Now, Skylar Thompson was out. We believe he was in concussion protocol, so he was out for the game. Alex Delton got the start, and he apparently was a little banged up. So maybe it's possible they shied away from running him with the quarterback run game, the design quarterback run game, in the first half just to try to save him for the second half. But Coach Snyder will flat out admit it. There's, I mean, there's a direct correlation to the fact that they didn't run the quarterback in the first half and they couldn't run the football. They got back to the quarterback run game in the second half and boom, all everything broke loose, 160-plus yards in the second half alone. Alex Barnes ends up with a big day. Alex Delton does a pretty good job. That quarterback run game is really the fulcrum point of this offense. And without it, this offense doesn't work. It really is, Fitz, and you talk about the identity of this team forever. It's been 
partly predicated on the quarterback run game. It's kind of the thing that gets everything going. And in that first half, it was it was absent. No no design runs for Alex Delton. Second half, he had double-digit design runs, and Fitz, they were able to, to come alive. And I, I don't think that anything demonstrates that better than um, – his ability to be able to get that 21-yard touchdown uh, with less than three minutes to go to to be able to put away um, the game, but uh, K-State's offense kind of came alive that second half. They were they were able to sustain some drives. Uh, I thought uh, Alex Delton did a really good job of, of managing the offense, especially with such a reliable back like Alex Barnes, and and he was able to make some physical carries and had that. Uh, fourth down run that was amazing and was able to keep K-State in it all the way to the end. Riley, let's go back to that. Alex Barnes, fourth down run, picks it up, Pittsburgh, Kansas. Dalton shown with a spectacular catch on a back shoulder throw that really wasn't that accurate. He went and got the ball 20-plus yards, kept that drive moving, and set up. He's from Overland Park. Set up Alex Dalton then on the quarterback run for 21 yards and the touchdown haze. It struck me that this was a game that K-State didn't seem overly inspired in. They just seemed to be going through the motions, particularly in that first half. But when it came down the stretch, the kids from Kansas said, hell no, we're not losing to KU, and they rose up and made some big plays. You know, I, I, I agree with that. And it kind of felt like there for a while they were saying, well, this season's gone bad enough. I mean, it would make sense that we lose to KU. And almost like they were giving into it for a while. They didn't score any points in the first half. They really struggled for more than a majority of the game, I guess I would say. But, yes, they did kick it in gear. I don't know if something was said or if it was just a, a collective thought amongst everybody that said, hey, we're not going to lose to KU. We're not going to let a lot of these seniors be the last time they play KU to lose to a fired coach. And, you know, you can sit here and complain all you want about how poorly K-State played for the first 30 minutes, about how this shouldn't have even been a game or, or whatever you want to say, but you got to give credit where it's due. And K-State did come down the stretch when things needed to happen that Dalton Schoen catch that you mentioned was an incredible grab I don't think I've ever seen anything recently at least that impressed me quite that much so they met like I said earlier they made the plays when it mattered and that's all you can ask for if you're K-State back to the quarterback run game Marcus and uh, I think Bill Snyder has just stated exactly why he has a preference for Alex Delton when he talked about the quarterback run game at Tuesday's press conference he almost said like you know a little emojis coming out his eyes he loves it so much it's pretty clear to me at least it feels clear to me that if Alex Dalton's healthy he's a starting quarterback going down the stretch because that's their offensive identity with him running the ball and he's throwing it honestly as of late just as well as Skylar Thompson even though he's not as accomplished as a throwing quarterback Uh, what are your thoughts on him probably sticking with Dalton yeah I think he's going to stick with Dalton this week Um, obviously Skylar's coming off of the concussion uh, is what we think has happened Um, and that's what K-State does. If you don't have the quarterback run game, the offense doesn't work. Um, it just It's too easy because you don't have a lead blocker and a fullback when they're just doing the you know zone read and all that. Um, plus, he's, he's not throwing the ball bad. I mean, yeah, he's not a great thrower, um, but he, he made some nice throws in this game. Some of them got – one of them, I think it was on a deep pass, got held up by the wind to uh, Isaiah Zuber, which was a great pass. It just – wasn't strong enough, and if he throws it two more yards, it's probably a touchdown. Uh, so he's doing a nice job, 
um, servicing in the passing game. But, yes, Alex Stelton is a running quarterback and needs to have the quarterback run game in his repertoire to make him successful when he's going to throw the ball. Let's flip it over to the defense. And, Riley, I'll start with you again. I mean, it wasn't a perfect performance by Blake Sadler's defense. But you throw out that Oklahoma game. You've got Oklahoma State at 12 points. you got TCU at 14 points. And now you got Kansas at 17 points. Against like opponents – this defense is rising up and playing some pretty darn good football. Uh, they weren't perfect. They did give up that long drive in the first half that they did, you know, stop to make just a field goal and not a score, not a touchdown. Um, and then at the end of the game, they got the, the fumble, even though they didn't really have anything to do with it, other than the fact that they were bringing pressure. He attacked KU's offense on that last drive. It worked sometimes, didn't work others, but on that play, the KU quarterback dropped the ball and uh, K-State recovered game over. I liked what I saw from the K-State defense, a defense that is completely beaten and battered and played a true freshman at the nickelback spot. I, I really was impressed with what I saw. Yeah, you know, they, they looked pretty good, and you mentioned some of the games, other games that they've looked really good in, and you, you're going to have those games where you give up a lot of points. You're going to have those Oklahomas, that West Virginia-type game where you just you, you can't stop them from time to time. But overall, I feel like the Stevens has played well this season. Um, and, you know, to play devil's advocate, sure, Kansas isn't all that great of an offense. TCU's been struggling. But I think it says a lot that this defense still goes out, does its job, holds them to minimal yardage, minimal points. Um, and, and overall, you know, who knows what the stats are going to say at the end of the season. Perhaps last year's defense might end up being statistically better. Who knows? But overall, uh, the vibe of this defense, what I've seen on the field, I've felt like this is this defense has taken a major step forward, and you know I don't necessarily want to give all the credit to Blake Siler. I want to give some credit to Brian Norwood too. Um, I think bo- both of them have been phenomenal in their roles this year, and, and have really kind of embraced these new roles that they had to take on. So, you know, kudos to the both of them, and you know definitely Blake Siler because this was no easy task to take over for sure. A couple guys stood out on the defensive side of the ball, but Wyatt Hubert, D. Scott, just kind of floats to the top for me. Here's a guy, a redshirt freshman, that all of a sudden is playing extremely well at one of the defensive end spots, and he has been very disruptive as of late, and I think he shows that there's some young guys on this defense that are going to be around for a while that can really play some football. I thought it was really interesting fits at the beginning of the season, taking a poll and asking players, who on defense is kind of standing out right now? Who has a chance to make some impact? And more and more, people talked about Wyatt Hubert, the redshirt freshman. And, uh, yeah, he's been able to steadily emerge, and he's he's been he's had starting experience now. He he knows the defense. Uh, he's been able to make some plays. He I th- I think he's been um, particularly impressive here as of late, uh, and I think he really headlines uh, a, a nice group of young guys that might be up and coming for this uh, for this defense for next season. You know, it'll be so interesting to see how this K State team kind of continues forward without, you know, the likes of, of a Duke Shelley and a, a Kendall Adams. There will be some, some places to replace, and uh, it's it's good to have guys like Wyatt Hubert and Toe that might be able to carry on some of that leadership. 
Well, Duke Shelley is lost for the rest of the season with an injury. Kendall Adams is banged up. He's still playing, but he's clearly not himself. Neither is Denzel Goolsby, the other safety who's injured. Um, you can just go down to the list. There's a number of guys that have been banged up. Walter Neal at the nickelback spot. Marcus, how difficult, as a former defensive back, how difficult is to keep continuity in that secondary when you're mixing and matching so many different players, so many different looks throughout the course of the game? And really, K-State isn't blowing many coverages. Big ups to Coach Norwood. I mean, he's had his hands full. Um, with getting these guys ready with so many different lineups, so many different players. You know, everybody's different. Um, and it's so, you know, for a safety, for example, you know, you know what this guy, what he can do and what he can't, what he might be a little bit lacking and what you may have to cover up for him. Um, but, you know, with Robinson coming in and playing some of the nickelback, um, you know, I think it's helped him out a little bit. But they just, it's just such a mixed match of guys that probably, coming into the year have not practiced together um, on the field because, you know, they had their ones and their twos. And so you don't really mix and match too much around there. But, you know, big ups to Coach Nord, like I said, and Blake Seiler on putting the secondary at least in a position to where they can be somewhat successful. Okay, one final topic before we end this first half of the roundtable, move on to Texas Tech. Marcus, I'll leave you out of this because you weren't there for this. Riley, Coach Snyder didn't provide players to the media for the first time that I ever remember. I think I don't think it's ever happened uh, at Tuesday's press conference. It was just him. No, you know he's long ago taken assistant coaches away from the media, and now it's just him and no players. Um, I found it curious. I don't know if it was related to our story about. Uh, certain players not being given their bowl rings if they transfer, even though they're told they would be. Um, I don't know if it's related to other things. And maybe it's a culmination of many things. We were given no firm reason why. Uh, but we've been getting the same group of guys every week. Adam Holterf, Dalton Reisner, once in a while Alex Barnes, um, Zach Reuter, Dalton Schoen. And this guy's probably gotten wore out by it. I, I admit it. I just found the whole thing curious, and if he doesn't want to subject young men to that pressure of talking to the media, and maybe he felt like with all the losing it's gotten too negative, why doesn't he trust assistant coaches to do it? That seems like it should be part of their job is to talk to the media. That's that's what I would think. I think that's a very good question, and um, I would love to hear an argument for the opposite side of that, you know, that the players should answer for it more than the coaches, but... Uh, you know, I, I don't have a good answer for it. I, I think that we should be able to talk to the assistants way more than the players, and, and especially in a day like today where, you know, you don't want to put the players out there. Okay, well, then let us talk to Andre Coleman. Let us talk to Sean Snyder, Blake Seiler, et cetera. So, you know, I'm not in Coach Snyder's head. I don't know why he made that decision earlier this week. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why he for all these years have decided that the assistant coaches don't get to speak but that's just kind of the way he rolls um and unfortunately that's that's the situation we have to deal with so who knows his reasoning for for a lot of things but it was definitely like you said peculiar well d scott you are the football beat writer in this joint so you got to kind of oversee all this coverage and talking to players is a big part of your job and you were robbed of that tuesday but it doesn't really rob us does it it robs the fans now as preparations go for senior day the fans will hear from none of the players let alone any of the seniors 
And I think it's unfortunate for the players and really unfortunate for the fans that now they're cut off for whatever reason from full access or any access, excuse me, to the K-State players. It's just it's, it's another bizarre thing from Coach Snyder this season. As much as we talk to Dalton Reisner throughout the season and as much as he speaks on behalf of the team, this, this is Dalton Reisner's final time that he will play at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and he has the third most starts of any offensive lineman at K-State since 1989. He's also the fifth three-time team captain that Bill Snyder has had. Uh, this is an important game for Mr. Reisner, as, along with the other 15 seniors on this team, and each of them have a story. And I, th- I thought it would behoove to Coach Snyder to allow Dalton the opportunity to be able to speak for that final time before his final game, along with some of those other seniors that might not have class during the time, a lot of time that we're able to talk to the student athletes. Each of these guys have a story. I enjoy telling these guys a story and kind of maybe the adversity they've gone through this season. There are so many stories out there that just have not been able to be explored because of the lack of availability by the student athletes. Yeah, I thought it was unfortunate, and, and uh, but Coach Snyder is the boss. He can run his program the way he wants to, and I just I feel badly for the fans, and, and who knows? I find it hard to believe Dalton Reisner didn't want to speak to us before his senior day, but that's just me. Well, that's going to do it for the first half of our Go Paracat Roundtable session. We'll continue this discussion as we turn our attention to the Cats and the Red Raiders taking place Saturday at Bill Snyder Family. Stadium. You're listening to the PowerCat pregame podcast fueled by our friends and sponsors at Robbins Motor Company. All they do is cover Kansas State sports. The experts from GoPowerCat.com will return with more of their roundtable session on the PowerCat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and service provider, offering a wide range of energy solutions to feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark is now the gas provider for the Kansas State University campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Visit bluemark.energy and begin saving up to 25% on the same product you're already purchasing. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. 
We now send it back to Fitz and the GPC News Team in the Spirit Street Studios as the GoPowerCat.com Roundtable session continues. We are back and we now continue with our Go Powercat Roundtable session with GPC Assistant Editor D. Scott Fritchin, Football Analyst Marcus Watts, and Staff Writer Riley Gates. The Roundtable is sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company spend $4,000 or more on energy bills? You can reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability. Visit bluemark.energy for an energy savings analysis today. And now Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Okay, guys, let's move on to the Cats and Red Raiders. And this is a bad, bad matchup for K-State. There's no way around it. In the past, when you played Texas Tech, D. Scott, you could always count on the Texas Tech defense for letting you score to be in the game. And, you know, part of that's just, you know, a function of how Cliff Kingsbury recruited. He recruited mostly on the offense and defense got the leftovers and they just weren't as good. But also it's a function of how they play offense. They don't control the ball at all. They just score and throw their defense back in the mix and you end up with shootouts. All of a sudden this year, David Gibbs has got Tech playing much better defense. Are they great? No, but they're better. And it, I think it's made Tech that much better as a team. As you know, the Red Raiders enter this game, uh, one of the top, I don't know, four teams in this conference, five teams in this conference, they are right in the mix. They are three and four in the Big 12 and five and five overall. Uh, they are seeking bowl eligibility with this win. But I, we're going to get to the offense here in just a second. But the way K-State's offense is playing, I fear there's just no way they're going to overcome a decent tech defense to score enough points to even be in contention in this contest. Yeah, I, I really have problems seeing K-State sniff what they've been able to do during this past seven-year stretch against the Texas Tech Great Red, Red Raiders. K-State has won six of the last seven against Texas Tech, scoring no fewer than 41 points in any of those contests. And you're right, Fitz, about the shootouts. You know, last two have been 44 to 38 and 42 to 35. You know, guys, K-State, its scoring offense is in the worst rut in 26 years. They're averaging hardly 21 points a game. Texas Tech ranks ninth in the country, averaging 42 points a game. Uh, it, you'd have to go way back to find another time when K-State was so heavily outmatched in terms of uh, scoring offense. And it, it's not just there. I mean, Texas Tech is number two in passing offense, number seven in total offense. K-State is 117th in passing offense, 116th in total offense. Um, it's it's going to be a very difficult day for K-State, I'm afraid, on offense. Yeah, they've got to overcome an improved tech defense led by a guy that's very fascinating, Dakota Allen. I think he made up that name. I don't think that's what his parents <laughs> gave him the name. But, uh, and you wrote about Dakota Allen this week. A uh, guy that's really kind of turned around his life and now is a leader for this tech team. Yeah, you know, it's. I, I was a big fan of, of the Last Chance U documentary when it came to Netflix. And um, so obviously I took a, a big fascination in Dakota Allen when he was a part of that that team at East Mississippi. And, um, you know, just, just what a great overall football player, but also an, a pretty good 
individual overall too um he, he did hit some struggles when he was a, a redshirt after his redshirt freshman season at texas tech it's kind of funny because he was at texas tech to start um and then he undergoes some legal issues um it's in that story that i wrote this week kind of outlining what happened um so he goes to east mississippi and he puts his name back on the map obviously has a, a really good season at east mississippi and he had some interest from some other colleges but he really you know he found his way back to tech cliff kingsbury uh, kirby hocutt they both knew that this was a kid that was better than than the charges that were brought against him i guess he, he was just kind of wrong place at the wrong time type of thing and um got involved with the wrong crowd but now he's back at texas tech he's the second leading tackler on the defense for the red raiders right now and Man, he's just – I really love the way he plays. He seems to be – you know, it's so cliche that players say, I give it 110% every time because you never know when it's going to be your last down. And that's like the cliche thing. But I really think that's the way that Dakota Allen plays because, you know, he was literally – one personal mistake away from never playing football again and so you know i've been really intrigued by his college career and, and if he makes it to the nfl I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with that just given everything that's happened in his life in the last uh, four or five years okay marcus i want to bring this back around to part of what i said to d scott how difficult is it for a defender as a defense as a whole to get out on the field with your offense scoring or turning the ball over so frequently like Tech has done in the past. They just never seem to get, let their defense rest, uh, and it just always devolves into shootouts. It's got to be a really bad feeling as a defender, even though your offense is scoring, that you can't establish anything on the defensive side. Yeah, why do you think Coach Snyder likes to have ball control and control the game um, so much? It's It, it allows, allows your defense to get rest. It allows your defense on the sidelines to you know maybe scheme – change the scheme that you're running against the team at that point, um, things that aren't working and working. You know, when teams score in eclipse of two minutes and stuff, you know, a lot of these defensive guys also play special teams because they're the ones that are most likely going to be tackling. You know, they, that's what they're good at. They can tackle. And so they're they're playing special teams too. And so when you're scoring so quick and you're just going so back, you, you can never get, sit down as a, as a group, whether that's linebackers, safeties and stuff, um, and get – on page on what's actually happening in the game at that point. So um, that's why Coach Schneider has been so successful over the years is because he's been able to control the ball, take it out of the offense's hands of other teams, um, and as long as they're putting points on the board, it, it, it works. But David Gibbs at Texas Tech has faced a real challenge. It looks like Tech's offense maybe has slowed down a little bit here. They're not going quite as hectic as they used to, and I think it's helped the defense. How important is it for Tech's you know, moderate success they've had this year is that their defense is better. They are holding like opponents to lower scores. Their defense is light years better than they have been over the last three years, and I think Gibbs is a big reason because of that. Um, you know, they've obviously – Notice that they've needed to put a focus into it because obviously Kingsbury's all offense. That's all he knows and that's all he cares about because that's just his DNA and makeup. Um, and maybe he's even realized maybe we got to back it off a little bit and not go so quick to give our defensive guys some rest uh, to maybe control the ball a little bit more because um, I know as a coach that I can score in two minutes at any point. Good example of this last weekend. Uh, you know, they were down, I think, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and had a chance to win that game and come back and win that game. And they scored quickly at the end of the game. So they can turn it on when they need to. Um, and that's nice to know as an offensive coach. 
And but it's also nice to know, hey, let's back off. Let's run some clock down here. Then get into right play. Let's see what they're going to give us for a defense, and then go instead of just go 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 as they had in the past. Well, an interesting storyline here, Fritz, for this Tech team is the fact that uh, they're going through quarterbacks. And they started the season, McLean Carter started that first game against Ole Miss and got hurt. And he is a junior from Gilmer, Texas. And then they ended up going to Alan Bowman, their true freshman out of Grapevine, Texas. Uh, and he's been really good and, and kind of led the charge for this team as as they really started to you know knock off some teams and uh, the kid can play, but now for the second time this season, he's had a uh, lung problem where he's actually had a lung deflate from a hit, which isn't good for your football career, by the way. It's not good for your broadcast career. It's not good for your writing it's career. It's not good for your entire life. It's not life. very good for, you know, if you're a postman. Uh, you like to have air in your lungs. It's just a basic thing. In comes Jet Duffy. Now, the reason why I find this, and Jet is from Mansfield, Texas, must be nice to be able to find all these quarterbacks in one state. <laughs> um, the reason I bring this up is Jet Duffy is not your typical Cliff Kingsbury quarterback. He is a dual threat. He can run the ball very ably, but has shown a propensity to actually throw it decently, maybe better than what Cliff Kingsbury thought. He adds a whole other dimension to trouble for Kansas State in stopping this offense. Yeah, uh, Judd Duffy was so impressive against uh, Texas. He had three costly turnovers, yes, but he had 524 total yards, which is only five yards short of entering the top 10 total yardage by a Texas Tech player in history in a single game. Very impressive. 37 of 47 for 444 yards with four touchdowns and one interception against the Longhorns. And he had 17 carries for 80 yards in the loss. But, you know, K-State has had a little bit of struggles with dual threat passers this season. Nick Fitzgerald comes to mind. And then Kyler Murray, of course. Um, you know, if, if, if Duffy is able to have a little bit of success with the running game, he leads Texas Tech in rushing yards. If he's able to break free, K-State is going to have a long, long day. Marcus, pick your poison here. Do you want to go against Jet Duffy and the dual threat offense he brings to the field? Or maybe a more traditional Tech offense that throws it all over the place against this beleaguered Kansas State secondary? Which would you choose if you had a choice? But By the way, you don't have a choice. You're going to see Jet Duffy in this game. Yeah, that's a tough one because the secondary is so depleted and their receivers are so good that if Bowman was back there throwing the ball around, you know, it'd be very difficult for the secondary to get any stops um, and possibly give up a lot of big plays. But then you also got the quarterback run game with Duffy, um, and that just poses a whole nother problem uh, for the defense, especially if your secondary is locked up in man to man um, throughout the game. It creates a lot of running lanes for the quarterback, uh, so it puts a lot of pressure on the front four and the linebackers to keep um, the quarterback, Duffy, in the pocket um, and to not miss any tackles. Riley, look, I think we can all admit we have a mad crush on Cliff Kingsbury. You know? I mean, Right? <laughs> I do. Right? Right? You do too, right? I mean, I mean he's right? not ugly. Right? He's not ugly. Okay. Uh, He's a handsome man. He's not a terrific football coach. He's a good football coach. He's a very average football coach. I commend him for finding some defense here and figuring that out. But uh, they are only 5-5 five and five this season. They have kind of been a breakthrough team. But um, they beat K-State, they'll be 6-5. and five. They close the season with Baylor and Arlington, they'll be 7-5. and five. 
seven and five. I mean, they're just, it's like he can't quite get them over the hump, but he won't backslide enough to get fired. He's your worst nightmare as a coach. Especially if you are anti-Cliff Kingsbury. Right. I mean, if, if you're a big tech fan, you're not good enough to be happy and you're not bad enough to get a new coach. You're just stuck with some eye candy that's an average football coach. <laughs> and I think the most frustrating part of, of recent history with Texas Tech is they've gone on these nice starts to the season. You've had these moments where you said, oh, Texas Tech. They're going to be better this year. And then they have their slide. It just happened in these, in these last three weeks. They're on a three-game losing streak right now. And, you know, they were obviously looking like a, a far-improved team before this. So it's got to be annoying if you're a Texas Tech fan, you know. it's it's got to be even tougher to sit with, you know, given the fact that who he is. You know, he's an alum. He's one of the, you know, former players. And everybody adored him when he played at, at Texas Tech. So it's definitely a tough situation to be in, I think, if you're a Texas Tech fan. Um, but, you know, if he can start getting to that seven win mark consistently, pushing for eight every now and then, maybe even pushes for nine. Mm. I know mean, I'm asking a lot, but, you know, if he could do that, um, I think that – the Texas Tech nation as a whole would really kind of get behind him and, and maybe he'd get off of this hot seat that he always seems to be on. Well, let me ask you another question while I got you here. Uh, have you ever thrown or tr- a tortilla, which is the tradition of the tech student body, and you know you have to take a bite out of the tortilla for its uh, flyability. Is that a word? Did I just make up a word? I don't know. It's air quality. It's buoyancy. No, that's floating. I don't know what I'm talking about. Have I ever thrown a tortilla? Have you ever thrown a tortilla? Well, I did go to college and we, you know, went to Mexican restaurants late at night. Did you throw a tortilla? I, I don't know if I threw a tortilla, but I don't believe I threw a tortilla. Rich, have you ever thrown a tortilla? So. No, sir, I have not. I'm a fat guy. I would never throw food. That's, I will that's eat a good it. Good point. I mean, if you ask me to take a bite out of a tortilla so that it can fly better, I will eat the rest of the I'll tortilla. I'll probably eat the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. That's just the way I roll. Now it's time for our Wabash Station question of the week, which comes from a member of our premium message board at GoPowerCat. This week's question comes from Cliff Clavin 754 and is for Marcus Watts. From my seat in the stands, it appeared that a KU program that has not won anything in 10 years had the same quality of athletes on the field as K-State had. Do you agree with that? Fitz, I would say over the last four years, I would uh, have to agree with that. Uh, If you just look at the governor's trophy, there was a picture that I saw, and I sent it to you, and it kind of shows the state of where Kansas State, uh, the football program, has gone over the last four years. We look back in 2015, K-State won 45 to 14. Obviously, they had a pretty good team that year, um, and KU obviously was horrible. didn't have the athletes or the players. Well, then the next year it's 34 to 19. Obviously, the score is getting a little bit closer. We got 15 point spread there. Uh, last year it was 30 to 20, a 10 point spread, and then this year is a four point game. So if you just want to look at the scores, that in itself shows that the competition, the athletes, has gotten better. K's only won like five games over the last four years. K State's won 20 to 30 games over the last, you know, four years, and so. Yeah, it's hap- it's happening, and, it, and it's unfortunate. Yes, they've had a lot of injuries this year. They've had a lot of attrition with guys transferring, and, and that hurts the program. I just thought that was a really interesting question. Your quick thoughts, Riley. Talent a little bit too close to, for comfort in that game? Yeah, definitely. It's a little bit alarming, but uh, you make an argument that it wasn't. 
Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And now it's time to turn it back over to D. Stat Fritchin for his number of the week. And Fritch, I'm going with zero. What's yep. that? Zero. So that's the number of players we got. <laughs> I'm better. Okay. I'm better. It's about me, Tim Fitzgerald. I just wanted to talk to some players. <laughs> zero. What's your number of the week? Fitz, my number of the week is 10. That's how many years it's been since K-State has lost to Texas Tech in Manhattan. The Red Raiders came in and won 58-28 to on October 4th, 2008. That was a bowlless 2008 season in which the Wildcats allowed 50-plus points, a school record four times in a single season. If there's one silver lining to the 2018 season, at least this K-State defense hasn't allowed 50 points in four different games. Yeah! Victory! Moral victories. That might end uh, in this game. This could get ugly. I'm just saying. I'm not going to predict that. And speaking of which, we'll have our predictions later in the show. Thank you, Mr. Fritchin. And with that, the roundtable is closed. So let's head into another timeout on the PowerCat pregame podcast. Brought to you by Robbins Motor Company. The breakdown of the game arrives right after this pause on the PowerCat pregame podcast. Presented by Robbins Motor Company. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and service provider, offering a wide range of energy solutions to feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark is now the gas provider for the Kansas State University campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Visit bluemark.energy and begin saving up to 25% on the same product you're already purchasing. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. My name is Tim Fitzgerald, and I have stage 3 prostate cancer. So men, take 30 seconds and listen to my message. The day I learned my PSA score was too high, I didn't even know what a prostate-specific antigen score was. Learning my PSA at age 53 probably saved my life. If you're a man over 40, go to your doctor and score your PSA. A simple blood test could save your life, too. PSA, know your score. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan. Online at FridgeLiquor.com. The PowerCat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company continues. Now we send you back to Fitz. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And it's now time for your update on Kansas State basketball recruiting. Wednesday began the early signing period for college basketball teams across the country and for Kansas State. It was a huge day for the future of the Wildcat basketball program as Coach Bruce Weber's program filled all four of his expected open scholarships. 
Dewan Gordon is a bit of a surprise commit for the 2019 class. It was all but done for Gordon to commit to SMU, but he decided to take a visit to Manhattan, and Weber flipped Gordon to be a K-State pledge. According to 24-7 Sports, Gordon is the number 18 shooting guard in the country, the number four player in the entire state of Illinois, and he is a four-star composite recruit, according to 24-7. Montavious Murphy, another signee, committed the summer, and he was a immediately sold on the Cats. He nearly committed while he was on his visit this summer, but rather chose to wait until August to make that announcement. According to 24-7 Sports, Murphy is ranked number 298 overall and is the number 60 power forward in the country and is number 23 in the player rankings for the state of Texas. But Weber feels like the versatility of this long forward fits Kansas State perfectly. October got off to a nice start for Weber when his staff added the commitment of Antonio Gordon, initially a Tulsa commit. The general consensus is that Gordon could be a bit of a project for this class, coming in as the number 395 player in the nation, 76 power forward, and number four player in Oklahoma, according to 24-7 Sports. Good news, Capagiel. Yeah, that's right. Good news is his first name. Went from getting interest from K-State to having Weber stop in multiple times to see him to officially visiting Manhattan all within one month. The Wildcats received the pledge from the shooting guard initially on signing day, then signed him. And that came shortly following the decommitment of previous commitment, shooting guard Demarius Wash out of Sunrise Academy in Wichita. All in all, it's a solid class for the Wildcats, but counting on this group to fully fill the loss of a talented senior class is a bit too much to ask. And of course, subscribers at GoPowerCat get up to the minute coverage of football and basketball recruiting from our staff, as well as the highly respected recruiting analysts on the 24-7 Sports Network. And now it's time to break down the game between the Wildcats and Red Raiders. Joining you once again, it's Go Powercat football analyst, Marcus Watts. Kansas State and Texas Tech kick off at 2.30 p.m. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The game will be televised on ESPNU. And now it's time for our breakdown session as the Wildcats and Red Raiders meet on Senior Day in Manhattan. And, of course, to help me out with our breakdown of the contest is Go Paracat football analyst and former K-State safety Marcus Watts. And, Marcus, um, Texas Tech for much of this year has looked really good. Uh, they got off to the bad start with the loss to Ole Miss. They were 5-2, and two, go on a three-game losing streak. They ran into kind of the teeth of their schedule there as they ran into, what, Iowa State and Oklahoma and Texas. And they've been single-point outcomes every time. They come to Manhattan 5-5. Five and five. They're 3-4 three and four in the conference. But I'm just going to say it. This team's better than its record. They're, this is a good team. This is clearly the fifth best, if not better, team in the conference. They're in the upper half this year unexpected and uh they have k-state and then they play baylor and arlington to close so they have two manageable games they, they can win um is this record really deceiving with these red raiders yeah i think it is because and you look at two games in particular the two top teams in the big 12 in west virginia and oklahoma they lost to west virginia by seven they lost to oklahoma by five I mean, if that doesn't show you right there that this is a good team, then I don't know what does. Because those the West Virginia and Oklahoma are obviously the upper class of this conference, probably are going to be playing in back-to-back -back weeks um, at the end of the year, and then 
a week later in the Big 12 championship game. So, um, yeah, they, they've they've done a very good job. And the one thing that we've kind of stated um, throughout is their defense has gotten better, and that's helped this team um, become a better team. Yeah, they really are. The defense, the stats are a little deceiving. They've been much better helping this team be competitive. Uh, you know, it's not great. I don't think it'll ever be great. Any team with this kind of offense is never going to have a great defense. They just don't go together very well. Quarterbacks, man, when you talk about Cliff Kingsbury, you got to talk about quarterbacks. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, anyone who had Baker Mayfield on campus at Texas Tech to host Patrick Mahomes on his campus visit tells you all you need to know. He coached Johnny Manziel at A&M. He had a hand in Case Keenum. Davis Webb's knocking around the NFL. He's a quarterback whisperer, and he's done it again this year. He started with McLean Carter. He got hurt early on. Then they go to the true freshman, Alan Bowman, a guy who was injured in his high school career. They found him. they, They put him out there. He's really, really good. I mean, he leads the Big 12 in passing yards per game. And now he's hurt for the second straight time with a collapsed lung. And they're down to their third quarterback, Jed Duffy, who can throw it a little bit. He's okay. I mean, he showed last week versus Texas that he's efficient enough to get it done. But he's a running threat. And for me, Marcus, Alan Bowman's scary because he's a traditional stand-in-the-pocket, wing-the-ball-around Texas Tech quarterback. But Jet Duffy, as a as a runner with this K-State defense, mixed in with the passing game, I think it could be worse with their third-string quarterback than the, the fireball freshman. Yeah, he's averaging seven yards rushing in his last two games. Um, that's, that's a problem that K-State's had with quarterbacks that are dual threat because, you know, with that, what you have, you, there's not really one thing you can take away from a team like that. You kind of have to play them both even. You can't take away the pass because then you're going to open yourself up to the, the gaps in the run game, the quarterback running lanes, uh, and that's where K-State has struggled at times um, because they're front four, front seven isn't that fast. Now, they do have some quicker linebackers this year, but the biggest thing for K-State in coming into this game is if they are going to try to take away the pass, drop five guys in the coverage, they're going to have to tackle well. Um, the linebackers, uh, Daquan Patton and Justin Hughes, are going to have to have one of their best games tackling. Uh, the defensive ends are going to have to keep Jet in in the pocket. Um, you know, it's going to kind of be, a, I think, a rush um, defensive-wise to get pressure, but it's also going to be a rush to not create lanes. Uh, and it's very difficult to do. There, You won't probably see a lot of stunting from K-State no. because that's when you open up the big lanes. What Cliff Kingsbury has done, you know, it's it's pretty amazing if you think about it, the quarterbacks that he's coached and, and how well he is. You know, obviously he didn't coach Baker Mayfield after his, you know, freshman year. But he identified Baker Mayfield as somebody that could be a, a Division One player because Baker Mayfield was a walk-on. Incredible. I mean, he wasn't even a scholarship player and walked on at Texas Tech. And so he's just – I don't know if it's the offense, if he simplifies it so much for the quarterbacks that, hey, I'm not going to give you much to read here. When I call play, that's where we're going to it. It's between two guys on one side of the field, and they get it out quick. Uh, you know, they still have the deep threat, and they'll throw it deep every once in a while, but it's more built as a kind of like a run running passing offense where they'll throw the five-yard slants and five-yard hitches and stuff, which is kind of like a running play if they get tackled, you know, on first or second down. I don't know what Cliff Kingsbury's career will hold for him. I don't know if he's going to hang on at Tech for five more years or this is an aberration. He's blipped up just in time to save his career for another year or two. But I'm telling you, 
the NFL, it seems to me, would be smart, a franchise, to create a position just for him. Not offense coordinator. Keep, you don't necessarily need to be on the field coaching. Anyone that needs a franchise quarterback, your job this season is to go watch college football and find us the guy because he seems to get what it takes to be a quarterback. That this guy has skills, but he's not hes not going to get it done for you. It's well, amazing. If it, yeah, if his time's up at Texas Tech – He'll be one of the first offensive coordinators for a big time program yeah. picked up if, if 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 a program's looking for an offensive or NFL is yeah even NFL I NFL mean, he, evolve a little bit I, I don't know if it translates I mean it, obviously the NFL is throwing the ball a lot more they still you know have the running backs that run the, the run the ball but you know it's changing the NFL is going to the college game coaches are going to the college and the NFL to figure out these RPOs run pass options and you're seeing it all over the place especially with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that's that's their bread and butters, those RPOs. The league, I think, after this year is going to tighten down on those RPOs, and you're going to see a lot of penalties for men downfield in the NFL. But he's a great offensive mind, and he's young. He's fiery. He's got the energy. Um, and obviously he can identify quarterbacks and coach them up. The quarterbacks aren't working alone, though. they got some receivers out there, and they've got a huge advantage against K-State. And just sheer size. These receivers are going to be a real problem for Kansas State. And they were a problem last year at Tech that K-State overcame. Antoine Wesley, their leading receiver. In fact, he's the leading guy in the Big 12 right now, stands 6'5". He's he's a really rough matchup for Kansas State, number four. T.J. Vassar is number nine. He's 6'6", another receiver they're going to have to match up with. And their tight end is Donta Thompson. You know, he's 6'5", 225, so he's more of a receiver that blocks a little bit. These are really tough matchups for Kansas State secondary. Even when they're running their front-line guys, they're still short. K-State just doesn't have big corners. And I can see them just throwing the ball up and taking the pressure off Duffy to make a lot of reads. Just throw it up and they'll go get it. Exactly. And that's what they've done all year. I mean, with these guys, I mean, I remember that catch the first first game of the year was probably the best catch in college football so far. I mean, it was an Odell Beckham one-handed jump up in the air and catch it. So they're great receivers. Uh, the T.J. Vasher kid I really like. I mean, he is long. And he's six six, but he's about when he's you know jumping and reaching, you know he's getting up ten feet. You know he he can get up there pretty good, and there ain't one corner on K State's team that can reach that, and so not even come close. And you know Jonathan Durham, um, you know he's he struggled a little bit at corner because I don't I think he's kind of a tweener in the corner and safety, but he's not big enough to play safety. He's not quick enough to play corner. Uh, he's gonna have his hands full in this game, I believe, and you know it's it's gonna be a problem. Uh, for K-State to rang these guys in. The only thing that's going to be their advantage um, is that when the, it's cold and your hands are cold, the ball is hard as a rock. And so it's it, it, and it hurts when it hits your hands. So that's about the only thing that K-State will have at its advantage uh, in the game on Saturday. Hoping cold weather can kind of equalize that passing game. These guys aren't used to it. They're just they're almost all from Texas. One of them's from Vegas. I mean, they're just not used to playing in the cold. So that's always an advantage when the South teams come north uh, to play a team like Kansas State. And it is supposed to be cold on Saturday. Defensively, not a lot to talk about. They're better. They're still not great, but they're better. They can contain offenses a little bit better than what they have in the past. They've kind of stayed away from shootouts, although they got themselves into a shootout last week with Texas because they got behind and again showed. As you mentioned earlier, uh, they can score points when they need to. They, they got three touchdowns up in that fourth quarter to get the game tied. Linebackers are the story for the Red Raiders, though. Dakota Allen of television fame, 
Of course, he was on uh, Last Chance U, one of the first seasons. And Jordan Brooks, their other linebacker, they're their two leading tacklers. Just the way you want it as a defensive coordinator. You want your linebackers running around, able to run free and make clean up plays and you know if you're if your linemen are making tackles that's nice but uh you want them to occupy guys a lot of times and if your safeties are making tackles it means you're either getting running backs into your secondary or giving up a lot of passes it looks like tech's gonna give k-state some real issues and if you've got good linebackers i think it helps negate that quarterback run game a little bit that the wildcats like to run yeah and plus they're not they're not only you know good linebackers tackle they're fast their whole defense is fast. They play. They play borderline dirty. You know, they're they're very physical. They'll get under your skin. Um, their their corners and safeties. They're all physical guys. Um, you know, I've watched them a couple times this year, and I was impressed. I'm like, you know, this defense. I would love to have some of these guys on our defense. Um, just the way they play. Um, you know, they play with their hair on fire, um, flying around all over the place. And yeah, they make mistakes. Um, yeah, they give up some big plays, you know, but who doesn't in the Big 12 at this point? You know, it seems like everybody in the Big 12 doesn't play defense. <laughs> so, um, or it's just the offenses are that good. They have gotten better, and uh, it's going to be a challenge for, you know, K-State. And, you know, always talk about the 200-yard mark that K-State's going to need to rush to have a, to be in this game or have a chance to win it. I'm going to up that a little bit. It's going to be have to be 250, 300 I agree. this game if they want to be in the game or have a chance to win the game. I totally agree. I think K-State's pathway to victory, I'll get to my keys of the game here in a little bit, are, it's twofold. You've, you've got to be able to run the ball and, and own the time of possession, which Coach Schneider understands that all too well. Um, but honestly, you've got to have Tech come back to you. This offense has to struggle in the cold weather. It has to get out of rhythm a little bit because, you know what, other than that, I don't see a pathway to victory for K-State. I don't think this offense can score enough points against Tech's defense to overcome the amount of points Tech will be able to score against K-State's defense. And usually you throw in special teams and say, ah, K-State's got special teams. And not not this year. That's that's out, and that's a problem. The special teams have been so bad. Tech actually is better in special teams than K-State. It's it's a hard formula to come up with a win here. Yeah, usually you can say, oh, K-State will have at least a big return in the game or – return a touchdown or even an interception or fumble for a touchdown but they haven't gotten none offensive touchdowns this year and that's a problem for k-state because their offense has always been never one that's going to score 40 points a game right and how it's and how it's run so if you're not getting any offensive touch or non-offensive touchdowns you struggle and and it's that's how Coach Snyder's built the program. That's why they lead the nation in special teams touchdowns over you know the course of his career. And so the cold weather, it's really – people don't understand it that don't play the game, but it affects – it affects you a lot. Um, even as a defender, you don't want to hit somebody as hard as maybe you would if it was 100 degrees outside because it hurts, and it hurts bad. Plus, for quarterbacks, gripping the ball. If your hand's cold, it's just – like rock you don't have no feeling in it so that that could be to their advantage um you know because they're used to playing in the cold if i were cliff cliff kingsbury i'd find the biggest freezer and i'd make my players sit in there for 20 30 minutes just to kind of get their body acclimated to it now that'd probably be an ncaa violation or something but you got to do something for these south teams that come up north uh in, in the winter um to try to help some way or another because they're not practicing in cold weather ever this game, it's it's just it's not a good matchup. It's probably the worst matchup for K State besides like an Oklahoma team, um, and so you know, I if it was warm out, I would pick even a higher point spread 
Um, I think Texas Tech would score more than 40 points, but since it's going to be a little bit colder, I don't think they're going to get to 40. And I just don't think K-State's going to have enough offense to, to, to catch them. And that's it for the breakdown of Saturday's game between Kansas State and Texas Tech. And a little bit different today. There's no interview segment because for the first time in memory, Bill Snyder didn't provide players at Tuesday's press conference. So the media had no opportunity to talk to players on your behalf. And we could have thrown in some Snyder quotes, but we're running long here. So let's just move on into a break. And on the other side of this, we will continue our preview of Kansas State and Texas Tech with the Powercat pregame podcast. What are the keys to a Wildcat victory? And what are our experts' predictions? It's next on the PowerCat pregame podcast, presented by Robbins Motor Company. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and service provider, offering a wide range of energy solutions to feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark is now the gas provider for the Kansas State University campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Visit bluemark.energy and begin saving up to 25% on the same product you're already purchasing. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. It's a K-State sports tradition. It's Fitz's Five Keys to Victory on the PowerCat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company. Kansas State is 2-5 and five in Big 12 play and 4-6 and six overall. And the Wildcats must follow up last week's Victory over Kansas with wins over Texas Tech this Saturday and Iowa State next weekend in Ames. Tech has been one of the surprise teams in the Big 12 this season, but the Red Raiders have lost three straight single-digit games to fall to 5-5 five and five overall and 3-4 and four in the Big 12. K-State and Tech meet at 2.30 p.m. Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and the game will be televised on ESPNU. I'm Go Paracat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and now it is time for my keys to the game. Our keys to the game are sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill in Aggieville. Great food, friendly service, and the best place to watch sports in Manhattan can be found at Tanner's. You've got time for one final final at Tanner's. Tanner's located at the corner of 12th and Morrow in the historic Aggieville Business District. Key number one, find beast mode. This Kansas State team always needs to run the ball 
to find victory. Against Texas Tech, that is even more important. The Wildcats not only need to run the ball, they must do so forcefully, consistently, and with great effect. Give the ball to Alex Barnes and let center Adam Holtroff and company lead the way. Wear down this Tech defense, but also own time of possession while picking up 250 plus yards on the ground, run the ball, possess the ball, score touchdowns. It's pretty basic, but it's also easier said than done for these Wildcats. Key number two, don't get sloppy. K-State is walking a fine line in this game. Tech should be able to outscore and thus defeat the Wildcats. So that means K-State cannot, it absolutely cannot, lend a hand to the Red Raiders. No turnovers, limit penalties, no special teams errors, none. And on the other side of the coin, K-State's defense needs to find a way to get turnovers out of the Red Raiders to set up short fields for the Wildcat offense. Key number three, don't get too fancy. First, let's be clear. I'm not calling for this defense to revisit the bend but don't break schemes, but the Wildcats cannot get too aggressive up front in this contest. Jet Duffy's ability to run gives Tech a new wrinkle at quarterback. If you pressure him, he will run. If you leave gaps with stunts and too many blitzes, he will run. Contain Duffy and force him to pass. Welcome it. Squeeze the pocket so he's obligated to get the ball out of his hand and then hope the chilly weather throws off the warm-blooded Red Raiders passing game. Key number four, quit making glaring mistakes. This is when the special teams would normally be begged to make a game-changing play or two, even the tables with the Red Raiders. But that's not the case this year. Special teams are a mess, and this key is simple. Stop screwing up. Stop it right now, please. Special teams so far this season is like watching a train wreck. And key number five, find some emotion. This could be Bill Snyder's final game as head coach inside the stadium that carries his name. In fact, it's more likely than not his final home game as head coach. Time will tell on that, but the thought of a Bill Snyder team going through the motions of what may be his final home game is gut-wrenching. This team has so seldom played with emotion this season, including last Saturday's 21-17 victory over KU, that it's troubling, but not in this game. There's too much meaning here. Heck, it's even senior day. Find some emotion, even if the season isn't going well, even if you've grown unhappy with the year as a whole. Fight. After all, you're K-State Wildcats. That completes our keys of the game, and now let's turn our attention to our staff predictions and bring back in D. Scott Fritch and Riley Gates and Marcus Watts. K-State is 4-6 as it prepares for a 2-30 game at Saturday versus Texas Tech at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's senior day for the Wildcats, and can this group pull off the upset and stay in contention for a bowl game? Well, it's time for our predictions, and as always, we will start with our assistant editor and football beat writer, D. Scott Fritchin. Fitz, I got Texas Tech winning this one, 27-13. I, I think the K-State offense is going to have a tough day, as we've found throughout the season. Um, I'm interested in seeing what Jet Duffy is able to do against this K-State defense. I think he'll have a little success. Now our staff writer, Jet Riley. Is that my new name? Yeah, that's it. I like it. Jet. Hmm. I'll see you and I think fast. Let's see how it goes okay. from here on out. I'm going Texas Tech 45-24. to 24. Uh, Nothing about this matchup excites me. I, I don't think K-State's going to be able to even slow down Texas Tech. Um, and, and I really think that K-State's offense is, is going to struggle as well a little bit. Marcus Watts. 
Texas Tech 34, K-State 17. I think Tech would score more points, but the weather is going to prevent that. It's going to be freezing cold for these guys coming from Texas, even though in the panhandle it's a little bit colder. But it's still going to be cold. Yeah, typically Texas teams don't function well in the cold. We'll see if that has any impact on this game. I don't think it will. I think this is just a mismatch. I've got Tech winning 34-13. to I think K-State's going to really struggle in this game. Just a bad matchup. That's going to do it for our prediction segment. And right after this network break, I will complete this preview of K-State's game with the Texas Tech Red Raiders with my final take. I am Tim Fitzgerald, and you are listening to the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by the great people at Robbins Motor Company. He's been covering K-State sports for more than 30 years. The PowerCat pregame podcast continues with Fitz's final take. The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat are here to help you throughout the entire car buying process. The Robbins vehicle sales team will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget, while the experts at the Robbins Automotive Financing Department will help you understand all of your auto loan and car lease options. If you have any questions about the cars, trucks, or SUVs in their vehicle inventory, give Robbins a call at its location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan. And at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can get your vehicle serviced at their state-of-the-art automotive center. Bring your vehicle in for a quick oil change and inspection or make an appointment for advanced engine repair or bodywork. It's the Robbins Motor Company, proud winners of the 2018 Customer First Award for Excellence and title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. The PowerCat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company is back with Fitz's final take. As I have mentioned throughout the show, this may be Coach Bill Snyder's final home game as Kansas State's head coach. We don't know for sure, and when we do, we will quickly share the details with our subscribers at GoPowerCat.com. And I know what you're thinking. If this is Snyder's last home game, why didn't the veteran coach announce that fact before the game took place? Well, simply put, he didn't want to. As you know, when he decides to step away, it will not be the first time that Bill Snyder has retired. He did it after back-to-back losing seasons in 2004 and 2005, and he felt as if his in-season decision to retire was rushed, and he soon after retiring regretted it. And then the K-State football family was stuck with Ron Prince for three years. The first time he stepped away, Snyder did so before the final game of the 2005 season, a home contest against Missouri. The Wildcats won. This time, Coach Snyder apparently wants to go without fanfare, not distracting from the efforts of his players. An unfortunate side effect of that is K-Staters may not realize that Saturday's game with Texas Tech is likely the last home football game for Bill Snyder as Kansas State's head coach. But the season will not end until Saturday, November 24th at Iowa State, unless, of course, K-State wins these final two games and gains bowl eligibility. The odds of that happening are long, but let's be honest, Bill Snyder has beaten far greater odds before. 
That concludes this week's episode of the Powercat Pregame Podcast. The Wildcats will end their regular season next Saturday as they play a night game at Iowa State. The exact time for that kickoff will be announced in the next day or two after the game Saturday. For D. Scott Fritch and Riley Gates and Marcus Watts, I am Tim Fitzgerald, and it's the Kansas State Wildcats versus the Texas Tech Red Raiders kicking off at 2.30 p.m. Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. You've been listening to the PowerCap pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company. The PowerCap pregame podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.